Hello, <laughs> this is Nicholas. And this is Kalpesh. Hey guys, welcome to Ayurveda Digested, where we take this seemingly mysterious, mystical, ancient art and make it accessible, relatable, and approachable to anyone interested in exploring alternative ways for health, medicine, and quality of life. Let's break it down. Hello, hello, hello. It's Nicholas here. I am so happy to be with you guys on this new moon. We have some interesting things coming up, but I am excited to bring a guest who is a good friend of mine. We went to school together for Ayurveda. So I would love to introduce you guys to my friend, Teresa V. Hi, everyone. <laughs> she waved at the camera. She doesn't know yet that we won't have the video up. <laughs> I, well, okay. Well, I said hi, everyone. <laughs> so, oh, everybody. So, um, Teresa V and I went to school together. I actually know her by her spiritual name, which is Prema. Um, would you like to tell everybody what that means? So, Prema was a name that's given to me um, by Swamiji, and it means unconditional love. Fantastic. I love it. And for those who don't travel in these circles, um, who is or what is Swamiji? Uh, so Swamiji is the the Swami who runs the ashram where I trained. I did my yoga certification. So I went there to do my yoga certification and kind of never left. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> and you recently got to go up to an area. You showed me pictures of a, a, a retreat center that is associated with this particular uh, ashram, right? Yes, Ma Yoga Shakti, um, well, Ma Moksha Priya Saraswati opened this retreat center called City of Light Sanctuary up in Ellenville, New York. And the ashram is actually Ma Yoga Shakti. Uh, her Guruji was, was Ma Yoga Shakti. And it's a beautiful non-denominational property upstate New York where anyone can, can go to just reconnect with nature or to host retreats or classes really focused on spirituality and oneness. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, um, the pictures were just amazing. You know, um, I, especially this time of year, you can't beat uh, the countryside of New York. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just such a gorgeous time with the leaves turning color and everything. Totally. Well, speaking of change and shifts and stuff like that, we are, oh, on, the, yeah. <laughs> we are, on, the, we are on the eve of an eclipse. So that's something big that's coming up and that's going to influence um, some of our discussion today. But, uh, you know, before we get into any of that stuff, one, um, I would like you to introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit about that. And I'll share the story about how we met after that. So who are well, you from? Obviously from New York, but you, know, <laughs> you couldn't tell by my voice. Um, so my name is Teresa V. Um, I am from New York. I am a spiritual teacher, a public speaker, and I work in, in healing circles with actually healing or helping sensitives and empaths to really heal themselves and to be their best selves in the world because we all have so much work that we need to do and it takes a lot just to exist when you're sensitive. So so that's my real passion is, is helping everyone who's here to do big work to be able to do it as strong and energized as possible each and every day and part of my work also is I, I work as an angelic channel and I started doing that within sessions like energy healing sessions I started working 
with the angels and and just grew to know and trust them from that place. And, and that's really a fun part of my work. So whenever somebody says, well, you know, what makes you sensitive? Well, you know, this is it. I have to stay as sensitive as possible. I have to be sensitive so I can access the angels and we all can do it. It's, it's really fun work. That's awesome. Um, and just so the listeners know, I've actually had a couple of sessions with Teresa V um, contacting the angels and other energetic creatures that tend to hang around. And it's been very fun. And I will say, um, you know, actually, we both know Sebastian, who was one of the recent guests. Um, and I had an interesting experience with that. But the things that Teresa V was able to pull through for me personally, were things that I had never divulged to her and let alone that happened five years ago. So, you know, if you guys are interested in connecting with angels or you already connect with angels and, uh, you know, this is something that you uh, might be interested in, we'll make sure in the show notes that we have her website so that you guys can get connected with her or even get on her mailing list and see the different things that she's doing. So thank you for your work that you do. I really appreciate that, uh, Teresa. And vice versa. I'm so grateful for the work you're doing in the world as well. <laughs> oh, so um, how much do you like the name of the podcast, Ayurveda Digested? Oh my gosh. I have to tell you, it made me so happy when I saw it because honestly, my favorite part of Ayurveda is nutrition and digestion. So <laughs> it just made me so happy. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, my I remember Dr. Lod and it just made so much sense that this is what it had to be called. Dr. Lod said, you're as healthy as your digestion or you're as healthy as your agni and mm -hmm. as young as your agni or you're as you know young as what you can digest. And I was like, that's it. And then, you know, I was actually shocked that the name wasn't already taken. So I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, it was one of those moments where it's like, I wish I had thought of that. You know, I have mm -hmm. those moments periodically as, especially as I, I came up in, in college writing advertising copy as well. And it's like, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a, a concerted effort between me and Kalpesh. Kalpesh is really busy with work. And uh, so he's going to be on a little bit of a hiatus for right now. But I get to now do what I do best, which is connect with my friends. And I'm yeah. so excited to invite them and bring them on. So um, I met uh, Prema or Teresa V when um, we were in our first couple of weeks at school. And somebody said something in class that I don't know. I'm pretty sure I had a reaction to, and Teresa was, I saw your face. <laughs> and so uh, we became fast friends because we have opinions and we like to share those opinions with each other and not in a negative way, just to like, oh, that's an interesting way of asking questions or an interesting way of um, approaching a particular topic. So I knew we were going to be fast friends in that, but uh, we did our ASP1, Ayurvedic Studies Program 1, through the Ayurvedic Institute during the time period that you were able to do it virtually from New Mexico. Um, through the episode, you may have heard that they have relocated to North Carolina, which is very convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, Dr. Laud has been a strong influence in my life, but, um, and I know for you as well, Prema. Um, and yeah. so could you take a second and talk about that as well as some of your other teachers in Ayurveda too. Yeah, well, one of the first things I did, as soon as I heard the word Ayurveda in my um, 
teacher training, my yoga teacher training, something in me lit up. I just knew this was a thing. I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was like a thing for me. And uh, when I mentioned it to Swamiji, she said, well, you're not going to study with just anyone. If you're going to study this, you're going to study with the best. And she told me about Dr. Lod. And so one of the first things I did was I signed up for one of the summer intensives and I went to New Mexico for the week and I studied, um, I think the first one was Marma therapy because I was doing a lot of energy work. So this really spoke to me and, and just being there was amazing. Therapy is for those who don't know. Marma point therapy is basically all these points on your body. They correlate a lot with the acupuncture and acupressure points on the body where we store crystallized energy and we can release it by stimulating those points and totally reset our energy and redirect our, our system in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the interesting things too, is that uh, I think even before that I had taken, he was in New York for a workshop. At, I think it was the open center. And so I went to that workshop and I had just had a, a, a venti Starbucks chai and it was, he was doing pulse. And so he called me up to get my pulse read. And he, he like touches my pulse. He's like, Ooh, you just have chai. Cause it was like, you know, I had like all that caffeine and now he's reading my pulse. It must've been off the charts. But I said, yeah, you know, so so that was how I met him. And then he introduced me to um, Pratima also, who is a tremendous influence in in my own personal healing journey and and my Ayurvedic studies. Fantastic. Um, for the record, um, everybody out there, my friend Teresa is a lover of coffee and she likes to tell you about her love of coffee. <laughs> and it's a great thing. Um, we'll actually talk about in a little while ways to mitigate the effects of caffeine on our system through coffee masala. We'll talk about that a little bit later because uh, I think that's always helpful. You can still have caffeine, but mm -hmm. what else can you do? So, uh, and then <clears throat> I actually took these uh, intensives myself this summer. I took Marma first back in May. That's actually where I met Kalpesh, who we're doing the podcast with. And then I did Pulse not that long after that. Do you want to talk about the Pulse Intensive? I know you had a really good experience with that because you have some lifelong friends out of that. Yeah, I have lifelong friends out of both courses, which is amazing. And I took them a couple of years apart and it was really cool to walk in and see other people that had been in the first one and the second one. Um, I actually just traveled with a friend of mine from the Pulse class to Italy this summer um, to celebrate his graduation as as a, an Ayurvedic physician 10 times over, really. Um, so... So yeah, I mean, that was, that was more difficult. Um, okay, so as people who have so much to give the world, as people who have abilities to help people heal, you know, we, we all, if you're here, that's you, okay? Um, we want to do the thing. Like we wanna do it well, we wanna do it right, we wanna help as many people. And with pulse reading, it's really interesting because going after the pulse and trying to find it does exactly the opposite. It chases it away. So. Mm -hmm. What I didn't expect was the amount of letting go that I had to do during this class. And, you know, I was, I was working another job at the time virtually as well. So I actually missed one of, one of the sessions and I was so upset about it, but, but really um, after that class, I was able to read the pulse. But what I love about Dr. Lott is he says, you, you're still a beginner, even after 10,000 pulses, you know, so you've read 10,000 pulses, you're still considered a beginner. And and, you know, the pulse is a lifelong unfoldment in our lives. So, so I have lifelong friends from that. I am learning every day from taking the pulse still. And the biggest lesson the pulse has taught me is 
when to sit back and receive versus when to go after something. And, you know, I didn't expect that. And it was a really beautiful learning. Yes. I had a similar experience. I lost like 10 pounds after that. I remember. I was, you store, I was storing so much heaviness. And I've, yeah. I've told a lot of people, especially on this podcast, that a lot has happened in the last year to me. Yeah. And Dr. Lod touching me was healing, you know, Shakti, which is energy, the transference there, the healing that happened from that. But also, as you said, there there is a letting go where you let the connection with the other person inform you rather than you trying to unearth some mystery or trying to, as you said, chase it, which I think is a very great way of discussing that or um, articulating that. So, um, you know, isn't it, uh, I, I, you know, I want, I, lo I love the way you characterize things. I thought it was just amazing. At the first time I felt a Vata pulse versus a Kapha pulse. Uh -huh. versus a and I was like, oh my gosh, I know what I just felt. <laughs> I know it's so it's it's really cool because you know in you know the theory and then you're chasing the pulse and you can't feel anything right and then when you actually learn to just invite the pulse to your fingertips instead of digging your fingertips into someone's arm and like leaving nail marks in their wrists you know we all do it um it's it's the most amazing thing you know my my favorite like I just love the pitta pulse because you can never mistake it it's like it it will like actually push your hands off the wrist if you you know if you let it and it's uh yeah it's amazing it's you know ayurveda is it's never ending like you can learn one thing in ayurveda and that thing will keep unfolding within you and flowering for the rest of your life and then all the lifetimes after it it's just such a beautiful practice and and i just love it so much yeah, I'm in a I'm in a similar boat. I mean, I just there was a way that I was viewing the world and experiencing the world. And then I learned Ayurveda and I was like, oh, somebody already put it in writing as to <laughs> what I have yeah. to understand. And I was like, okay, this is great. Um yeah, I uh oh, gosh. So for listeners out there who aren't familiar with that, um, it's Nadi Pariksha, which is a tool for darshan or like observation you're trying to see what's going on within a person versus marma therapy which is actually a chikitsa and chikitsa is a therapy and so just to kind of differentiate between those two so you could learn things in the pulse and then you can use the marma as a way of helping um reestablish flow and um but what's interesting is we call it nadi pariksha and it's talking about the pulse but there's nadis in the body which are all associated with energy and often the marma points are where these energy points bisect and cross-sect and um there's a chinese medicine thing and they i forget what they call them where they have like a, the map of the body and it shows all the overlays and it's it's evading me at the moment i'm sure somebody's on the podcast right now screaming the answer and i can't receive it right now <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um I also know because this is my friend and I, you know, face stalk her, uh, Facebook stalker for those who don't use Facebook. Um, she just recently did a seasonal cleanse through um, a well-known practitioner out there. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, so I've done this cleanse probably like 15 times. I do it once or twice a year. It's a two week Ayurveda cleanse and it's put together through Dr. John Duyard. It's called the, the Colorado cleanse. Um, and what I love about Dr. Duyard is he's like everything Ayurveda, but he frames it in a modern 
and Western way. And I find that with my clients, that really helps. And I also find it helps for my own healing as well. Um, so, so it's a two week, pretty intense cleanse. And I normally will take a group through it with me and sort of walk them through. But this time I, I took a group through in the spring, but I wasn't medically cleared to do it in the spring. And so this time I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And I, I didn't have the infrastructure set up to take a group through. So I just did it on my own, which is actually really a lot harder because you don't have accountability, right? So I'm just sitting here looking at my bowl of kitchery or my vegetables that have been water sauteed, which are delicious. But you know, for the first three days during a cleanse, I'm not going to lie. I'm asking, why did I choose to do this? You know, every time. And I have to tell you that this particular time I was doing it on my own. So I really got a lot of time to look inward and I got to see the different doshas and feel the different doshas as they were leaving. Like I had a lot of excess vata and there were days where I could sit down for three seconds and then I had to get up and do something else. And then this, and then this, and then this, you know, it was, it was a very interesting uh, cleanse for me, but yeah. So, so that's a two week cleanse and, you know, I run it usually in the spring. That's the most effective time of year to do any kind of cleanse. And then fall is, is second, but winter and summer, if you live in a climate with winter and summer, not good ideas for cleansing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I went through one, our first, uh, uh, semester or trimester at the Ayurvedic Institute. Mm -hmm. I don't actually recommend doing these types of cleanses when you're in a phase that requires a lot of mental and physical activity. <laughs> um, yeah. Because you're basically just piling more dosha on that has to file right back out. Um, so I know the one that I did. So there's a, a, a piece of it where you're drinking ghee in the morning. And that is a way of helping collect the toxins and poisons from your body and then expel them. But, um, and then usually there's a mono diet sometimes with a little bit of vegetables, but maybe not, but it's typically a very easy to digest item so that your body's not overstressed. The Agni's like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> and then, um, is there anything else that they do? Do they do a restore, um, procedure at the yeah. end? Yeah, this particular cleanse really is designed to reset your entire body, every system in your body. That's why I love it so much. So for the first four days, you're doing, um, you know, you're eating all natural whole foods and you're taking very little fat with each meal. <clears throat> and then you're taking herbs, but they're herbs like turmeric and like things you'd be eating anyway. Mm -hmm. Um so you're doing that for the first four days. And that's really when you start to like get rid of all the stuff and you have the detox symptoms and the headaches and, you know, the crankiness and all of that. Then we move into a seven day phase where there's oleation, which is what you were talking about, where you take, you drink the ghee and we do that first thing in the morning. And then we're eating a very easy to digest diet for the rest of the day um, and taking no fat so that the oleation can bind to those toxins in your system and move them out and through. Um, it's a really beautiful time to, cause you do a lot of emotional cleansing as well. And that's the beauty of it. So you have to really be set up with support for that. Um, and then you're actually taking out your gut bacteria you're destroying your, your gastric fire. You have no digestive fire at the end of this and your gut bacteria has completely been wiped. And then you do like a whole flush and then you move into a three day period where you're eating much like the first three days but you're also restoring your gut bacteria through the foods you're eating. And you're also restoring your digestive fire through incorporating more lemons into your diet. So it's a really thorough cleanse. And the idea is at 
the last day when you're done, the next day you can go eat whatever you want and you should be able to digest it. And that's the beautiful thing. It's not like you have to spend another month like, oh, I'm working my way back up. Like you are ready to go when it's done. So, you know, though it's two weeks seems like a long time. If you do a shorter cleanse, sometimes there's a longer time like getting back to normal afterwards. Yeah, that was my experience. There was a yeah. whole month, uh, uh, recommendation after that. So, you know, and of course there's, you know, make doing this with a practitioner, especially on your first one, as many books as there are out there, I highly recommend personally. And I know Teresa agrees with me that, you know, you should have somebody help guide you or join a group and do it together so that, you know, one, there's no questions, but also the accountability. I think it's very helpful in that regard. And, um, you know, again, holding hands with somebody when you're feeling like crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, being a perfectionistic pitta, like I was from the get, I was like, I'm going to do this perfectly. I'm going to follow every single guideline. And then um, the first one I did, I did under Dr. Duyard's group and he was leading the group and someone called up. I love this story. Someone called up and she said, um, I just ate chocolate cake and you could hear like the shame. And he was like, okay. And she says, what do I do? And he says, you take your herbs and you have your next meal. She's like, I don't think you understand. I just ate an entire chocolate cake. And he was like, you take your herbs and you take your next meal. And I was like, oh, like you don't have to be perfect. You can still get like I if so that opened a whole new door to me. Like if I give myself permission to mess up, like to to eat what I want, a lot of times the craving goes away. And even if I do eat it, big deal. I just get back on the horse, you know, mm -hmm. that's it. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, I didn't until I went back to school with you guys, I didn't realize how much of a perfectionist I am. And I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I hear <laughs> I you. Am, officially, I am a cuff of body type, but I have a pitta mind that burns, 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 burns. So <laughs> speaking of cleansing and speaking of emotions and speaking of, you know, all of this cleansing and stuff, we are on, so I, I will admit, we are recording on Friday the 13th. Hey. Well, <laughs> hey, tomorrow is our new moon and tomorrow is also a solar eclipse. So that's when the moon passes in between the earth and the sun at, um, you know, a space that it actually blocks it out in certain areas. Um, I was actually just in Salt Lake City and they had signs up to talk about directing traffic. Before oh, wow. the and I was like, eclipse traffic, what is eclipse traffic? And then I was like, come on, Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured it out <laughs> we're woo but we're not that woo sometimes <laughs> exactly so um you know in ayurveda and specifically dr lad talks about this in india um it's an inauspicious time to be outside it's an inauspicious time to really do things and um it's very it's highly recommended to rest and take it easy almost like uh uh, almost in the same way that they recommend for menstrual cycles for women to take it easy, chill, maybe meditate, maybe pray, maybe chant, you know, like, you know, go easy on yourself. Um, what has been your experience with uh, eclipses and stuff? I know I'm more sensitive to it, sensitive to it now that I know as much about it, because I used to be one of the gawkers like, oh, my gosh, let's go see it. But I can feel it coming now. Like, I mean, I feel kind of old today. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like, I thought you were going to ask me what's my experience with menstrual cycles. I was like, do we have more time? <laughs> so, I know you like the lymphatic system, which oh, we'll I, I do, but oh my God. Anyway. Um, 
so so the the eclipse energy it's been really interesting because as i've grown more sensitive in you know, I don't want to say as I've grown more sensitive, as I've embraced my sensitivity more in my life, a lot of times what's going on in the cosmos, I process it before it happens. Like I'll go through whatever I'm going through. And then all of a sudden it'll be the day of, and my friend's really into, you know, the astrological everything. And she'll say, oh, this is going on. I'm like, oh, I just went through that, you know? So I find like today, nothing is working. Like I'm trying to do all this stuff to get things done and nothing is working. And I just have to throw my hands up and be like, all right, it's not going to get done. Universe has spoken, you know? Um, but this particular one, I think we're seeing in the world before it even happens. I think we're seeing, you know, a lot of unrest because it's all about relationship. Um, you know, it's very much about our interconnectedness and clearing all the crap that blocks us from being in good relationship, A, with ourselves, because that comes first, and B, with everybody else. And so, um, you know, it's it's just been interesting to watch the world bask in this energy of eclipse before it even happens. And that's not an excuse for bad behavior. Like if you're behaving badly, the, ex the eclipse is not an excuse, but it is it is interesting to just see how these things, you know, like also the hospitals during eclipse time, during new moon, during full moon, they get busier. Um, just as we do, we do things where we're under the gravitational pull of all of this. So true. Yeah. Dr. Lod gave one anecdote that really stuck with me and a woman. Mm -hmm, I remember this. He, she, I think it was a solar eclipse or some eclipse of some sort. And her baby actually had a, um, a very specific birthmark across the face of the child. And Dr. Lod was like, that was from the eclipse and staring at the eclipse. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, the, she was, she went out and looked at the eclipse and the baby was born from what I understand was with like half of the face was dark, half of the face was light. Wow. And, and she brought the baby in he said, well, did you look at the eclipse while you were pregnant? And she said, yes, there you have it. You know, really interesting uh, I, isn't it funny dr lad's always like oh dear this is what happened and the people are like yeah or they deny it and then come back later and tell him he was right later <laughs> exactly yeah i mean but a lot of times that happens with any sort of um intuitive experience is you know like i've watched mediums be like okay anybody this is this resonating and people are just like no and then like they walk out to the parking lot like oh my gosh uncle joe you know so. <laughs> <laughs> totally so, um, you know, one of the things we like to do on the new moon is we like to set up a practice for people to get going. Um, I don't know if you wanted to potentially tune into the angels and see what they offer as a practice mm -hmm. for our listeners. We typically have a novice new to practicing and then a more advanced for seasoned practitioners. Okay. Um, there's, there's a couple of things coming in. There's, there's actually one very grounded thing and then one more spiritually based thing. Um, so first I just want to say the angels are there, no matter what your denomination is, they're in every holy book ever. They're there, whether you want to connect with them or not, then their job is to really serve you and to help humanity to live as good as possible. If you're not comfortable calling on the angels, you can call on the divine or the face of the divine that resonates for you and ask the divine to send the proper angels to you. So I just want to say that because a lot of people aren't familiar with working with angels. Um, one of the first things that I see is really at this moment in time, examining where relationships are not in harmony in your own life. Um, 
seeing, you know, is it your partnership? Is it a friend? Like, or are all of your relationships reflecting something to you that you want to change? Are they all not aligned for some reason? And what I'm seeing, and this is a, a really beautiful practice also for, for the new moon and the full moon, is writing a letter to your higher self and or to the person who you're in relationship with, expressing what's not working for you in the relationship and what you would like it to look like instead. And you don't have to share. You could write it to the other person's higher self. You don't have to share that letter, but get it all out of you so that you're not putting out that energy that's in disharmony anymore. And then you can do a burning ceremony or a water ceremony or whatever feels right to you. I always like to burn. It's just, I like the fire. Um, you know, and I do like a little dance around the burning or like whatever I feel called to do. That's the first thing. The second thing is I see Archangel Ariel. She's, she's the Archangel of love. She is the Archangel um, who works for the planet. She works for children. She works for the animals, but she's fierce love. And she can be the most loving, compassionate, heart-based love, or the most ferocious love. Like you step in, you know, mama bear and her cubs, like that protective energy. And she is asking to be brought in to your life at this point in time so that she can help you manifest the types of relationships and the changes in relationship that you want with the most ease and grace. A lot of people don't move out of relationship because they're so afraid of being alone. And so they stay with the misalignment and just keep attracting more of it. So if that's not what you want anymore, tell Archangel Ariel, tell your higher self, make a list, whatever it is, what do you want? give it over and allow it to start coming to you. Those are the two things, the two practices that I see in this moment that they're showing me. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, I'm really loving this, having guests bring forward whatever practice is coming to them and it never disappoints. <laughs> um, awesome. are, there, are there any other messages that the angels think would benefit our listeners today with regards to Ayurveda or life in general? Um, beautiful. Let me check. Okay, so I see Archangel Michael is very present in this world right now. He's the Archangel of protection. And what he is begging for us to do, there are so many people out there praying for peace and praying for God to intervene in a lot of the things that are happening on this planet right now. Um, and at the same time, the angels are asking, please call on us, call on all of the protective realms of angels to be present on the earth and to help whisper in the ears of human beings, to help protect, to help change the course of thoughts within human beings who are not currently capable of changing those thoughts themselves. You know, when we're in deep trauma, when we're in deep grief, we don't make the best decisions, right? We can't make the best decisions because we're seeing the world through a wound. And so right now, what we need is intervention in as many ways as possible. And to realize that this is humanity making these choices, right? This is not some divine being acting through humanity to punish these. This is what we're choosing to do to each other. And so Archangel Michael is saying, I am a protective force for you in your personal life and for the world, but please call on all of the realms of angels, call on all of the guides of light, call on all of the guardians of this world to help you navigate these really brutal times that you're living in as all of the energies shift and change and all of the resistance to those shifts, to that enlightenment comes up in the world because there are a lot of people who are going to be hurting if you don't allow the guidance and the intervention to come through. And we can't do it unless you ask. We cannot violate your free will choice. 
So we need you to call on us and invite us to intervene and to be present in your lives. Thank you, angels. <laughs> and thank you for being a channel, uh, Teresa. It's very uh, appreciated, Prima, because I prefer to call you Prima. <laughs> Aww, thank you. <laughs> um, so... Um, and this has been my experience. And I talked a lot about that with Sebastian that, you know, Ayurveda is not, you know, mutually exclusive from practices like working with the angels or any kind of prayer or any kind of, you know, thing. So, you know, in Chikitsa, if, you know, say an Ayurveda practitioner is telling you that you need to get more connected with the spiritual side, if angels call to you, angels are a great way to do that. You know, conversely, if angels don't speak to you and maybe a particular deity, maybe a Hindu deity or somebody else, you know, yeah, you say angels always speak to you. They speak to every one of us. Um, I just want to clarify that it's not always easy for us to hear them. Some people just know what to do. Some people ask for guidance and just kind of know it, but they are there for every one of us. We don't have to choose to like speak with them but just to know that they're in your life, whether you acknowledge them or not, and they're always there for you. So I just wanted to say that because Archangel Michael was like, uh -uh. <laughs> and I believe um, it. I believe it 100%. Yeah. But as far as people, you know, sometimes we can get in this rote thought that somehow Ayurveda is a Vedic thing and only Hindu and that it right. doesn't intermix and Ayurveda and Vedic stuff is like, no, whatever brings you back to a center, a whole and connectedness, that's the way you should go. Yeah. And it, because Ayurveda works with the individual. So not all of us resonate in the same way, you know, so it works with whatever your religion is. It works with whatever your diet is. You know, it's, it's because if you have a good Ayurvedic practitioner, they'll be able to see your individuality and tailor everything mm -hmm. to you. You know, it's, it's really a beautiful thing. And one of my favorite moments in, in our school was when Dr. Lad was talking about like imbalances in some way. He's like, and then these people, they think they're talking to angels. And I'm sitting there just shaking my head. <laughs> I was laughing. Guilty. I know, but it was just so funny because, you know, it's, and you have to just let some of the, some of the way things come through kind of wash off of you when you're talking to certain people, like realizing that their lens is different than yours and you can embrace things in the way that's right for you. And, and that's one of the beautiful things about Ayurveda as well. Exactly. And yeah. you know, one of the deepest tenets of Ayurveda is Sankhya's philosophy. And the, you know, the, one of the major principles of that is we are each a unique expression of consciousness. So if we conceive of something it is real it is accurate it is there now it may not resonate with everything around it or in it or through it but it is valid so you know i do want to you know talk to everybody out there you know you are important what you think what you feel and what you experience is worthy and you know never forget that so don't think that it has to fit into a box or you have to fit into a box and ayurveda never ever said you had to either no. And you know, the angels always say you were created perfectly suited to the work that you're here to do. So you were created in perfection for what you're here to do in this lifetime. So everything that you're looking at yourself and criticizing yourself for is the perfection of who you are, you know, and, and you're loved and embraced by your angels. You're loved and embraced by your soul family. So, you know, just come look for us. We're here. We're here for you. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I am doing better about time on these podcasts. So that is about all the time we have here. 
But before we go, would you take a moment and give us your website address and or let us know the best way to get in contact with you um, with regards to um, either getting an angel session or learning from you? Yeah, my website is Teresa, T-H-E-R-E-S-A-V-V-E-E.com. So you can go there. You can sign up um, for the mailing list that we have. It's um, There's a, an opt-in that you can have a gap about. You'll get clarity from the opt-in. It's a PDF that will help you live your life purpose and see what you can improve in your life to live your purpose. And then you'll be on the list and you'll know when angel sessions open and you'll know everything that's going on. So great. Um, I think... Thank you so much, one, for being my friend. Yay. But Yay. after you sent me that message <laughs> privately, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and also for being willing to come in and share the angels and share the love uh, that we both have for Ayurveda yeah. to the world. So thank, thank you. you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so blessed to be here and, and to have you in my life. So thank you. All right. <laughs> To all my listeners, thank you so much for being here. This is our new moon in eclipse. I think, is it, is it, Vir was it Virgo or Libra? I don't even know. I don't even, I don't know all the astrology. I'm not even going to pretend to try and like get it. <laughs> anyway, thank you for being here. I am appreciative of you guys. And this is Ayurveda Digested. Let's break it down.